Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is Monday, Memorial Day. We want to thank everyone for their service. We've got Matt and Dennis here with us. We're going to be talking about the AFC East, Bills and Dolphins. But before we get to that, if you guys have not seen the tweets, we are giving away a spot in the Scott Fish Bowl 11 Jump on in. Give us your favorite fantasy football team name, your favorite NFL team, top quarterback, that you, who you think is going to finish as QB1. Well, I think that's a little bit easy. Maybe RB1 in the 2021 season. Let us know what you guys think in the comment section. You guys will be added for a chance to win a spot in the Scott Fishbowl 11, and we will do a 100-yard rush at the end of today's episode. Before we get to that, though, Dennis, Matt, how you gentlemen doing? Well, is, are we giving away a spot in 11 or a spot in SFBX, which is this year? Isn't it this year? No, X was no. last year. X, X was last year, yeah. Year. Yeah, was it's it? 11 this year. Yeah, yeah, live. Oh, yeah, 11. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no, so, Dennis Frozen. Dennis, 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 that is true. That is true. We got an episode coming out. You got. You guys will definitely see that. Uh, I'm great. I, I just had my little breakfast, some fat-free plain yogurt with fresh blueberries, and I got to tell you, man, I could eat that every morning. As a matter of fact, I do. It's delicious. I highly recommend it. It's way better than yogurt with fruit added to it and all that sugar and all that. Yeah, you and I both on the the healthy eating plan uh, for our lives now. So I had my hard boiled eggs and black coffee. You know, really starting the day off on an exciting note. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to get there. The wife really wants me to to eat more healthy. You know, all this talk about needing to be around for a long time and everything. You know, I think <laughs> I think living's a little bit overrated, but you know, it is what it is. So, anyways, as I mentioned, we are going to be talking about the. Bills and the Dolphins on today's show. Again, if you guys, for all the people who are just now turning in, jump in, give us a comment on anything you guys want in the, on the show to get a chance to be entered in a Scott Fishbowl 11, 100-yard rush to get a shot to be in the Scott Fishbowl 11. So let's start with the Buffalo Bills, correct? That's who we're starting with yep, here. Bills. In the middle of writing some stuff down. So they finished 2020 with the 13-3 and three finish. 
first place in the AFC East. They did lose 38-24 to in the AFC Championship game to Kansas City, though I don't even think it was really that close. Their key additions, they added Mitch Trubisky as a backup quarterback, Emmanuel Sanders wide receiver, Matt Verita running back, Jacob Hollister tight end. Their key losses, John Brown, the wide receiver, went to the Las Vegas Raiders. Tight end Tyler Croft to the Jets. Tyler Niski, the right tackle to the Dallas Cowboys. In the first round, they took defensive end Gregory Rousseau. Second round, they took Carlos Basham, the defensive end. And in the third round, they took offensive tackle Spencer Brown. Dennis, was 2020 the ceiling for Josh Allen? Do you think he can get any better? I I think this is the year he has to show that he's consistent. Uh, My son just started mowing the yard. Can you hear him? Sorry I was I was I was what, trying to figure out if it was that or if there was a motorcycle race going uh, on near you. We were just trying he'll be, to. Uh, he'll be this, driving by here shortly. It's this the, is the place. Uh, I'm not going to lie, buddy. I am going to butcher your name. I'm just going to put your comment on the screen. You are now entered because I don't want to sirike it. I don't. I, it's going to be bad. So sirike. I, I can't. I cannot even pronounce my own last name. So yes, this is the place. You are now entered. Thank you. So. Yeah, I, I think last year probably is his ceiling. He was much more efficient from a uh, completion percentage. And he, he in his history of college and first couple of years in the NFL, he had not shown that type of accuracy. Well, now we're going to take a look and see, can he sustain it? And I don't I, – I'm not 100% sold – is he going to be as, and I use the term loosely, bad as he was before? I don't know. He's probably not going to be a 70% completion guy on a consistent basis, but maybe 66, 67 is probably more like it as opposed to the 59, 60 where he had been before. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out. When you know, I like to watch good people play football because good people playing football score points. They score fantasy points, and we all love that. You know, he was QB1 overall in 2020, so I think that's the ceiling for any quarterback. Uh, probably he can't get higher than than being first place. He's always going to give you uh, a good rushing uh, amount. You know, he's he's had 24 rushing touchdowns, I think, over his first three seasons. It seems like he is their goal line back, so that's always going to help a little bit. He took a huge stride. He's improved his completion percentage each of the three years he's been in there. I tend to be with Dennis. I think, you know, completing 70% of your passes probably ends up being a little bit, uh, um, you know, probably being the ceiling. But we saw 4,500 yards. We saw a lot of passing touchdowns. They seem to have developed a robust passing offense. They lost John Brown, but they added Emmanuel Sanders. You like Gabe Davis. You like Stefan Diggs. Seemed to help take it to the next level. Cole Beasley's still there. They didn't do a lot to change their running game, so I don't see them developing into a power running team. I think he's still going to be a top five guy. Yeah, I think he's going to be top five. Will he unseat Patrick Mahomes this year? I do not think so. I wouldn't even, I, you know, I'm still all in on Kyler Murray being a being a really good fantasy quarterback. I know he was really good last year and then kind of came down on the second half of the season. Some of that, I think, due to the shoulder injury. But uh, 
Allen, I'm still a little bit worried. Can he produce with the accuracy that he did last year? We had not seen that at all in his fantasy career, his college career, NFL career until last year. I hope that he does because I really like Josh Allen. I don't think he falls out of the top five, but number one, I'm with you guys. I do not expect that to happen. Do the Bills need to develop a running game to be successful, Matt? Yeah, I think they have to be able to run the ball a little bit better. It's interesting. The first couple of years that uh, Allen was there, it seemed like they were more of a run-heavy offense. He is part of that running game. I really expected that Buffalo was going to make some kind of substantive move to improve the rush game because it seemed like that was a true liability in some of those playoff games. They could not get anything uh, going on the ground. Um, and when you're playing a team like Kansas City, you don't really want it to get into being a track meet. Uh, we saw more of the teams that were successful were able to kind of control the ball and and slow things down. Playing in the AFC East, where you're going to get a lot of kind of nasty weather in November and December, you know, places where they play at home in Buffalo, places like New England, you'd think they'd want a better running game. Maybe they believe that Singletary and or Moss is going to take a step forward. I don't really see the addition of Brita changing a lot of that. I thought running game was a place they needed to address this offseason. I'm sort of surprised they didn't. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that uh, Brita, they brought in Brita as the answer to their uh, their running game. I, I think what that tells us, though, is that McDermott, um, looking at their their numbers from last last year, so Singletary played 70, 57% of the snaps and uh, Moss played 37%. So I feel like Moss's numbers are going to go up a little bit. He's going to—he's not a rookie. He—he's up to speed on the NFL game. Uh, I think Singletary's role is pretty well set now. He's the passing down back. He's going to get a few carries, uh, but Moss, I think, is going to get a little more run in the running game. So I'm looking for more of a 50-50 split, and I, I feel like Breda is just veteran insurance. You know, he's a guy there. He's, you know. He's Gio Bernard in, in Tampa Bay. He's, or he's the TJ Yeldon that they had last year. Yeah, yeah. Just somebody there to to not make mistakes. All those people who are just now jumping in here, if you guys want, comment into the comments. You guys will get entered for a chance to win um, a spot in Scott Fishbowl 11. I do agree with you guys. I do think they need to develop a running game. I think that's why Kansas City was able to shut them down the way that they were last year. Is it Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, or Matt, uh, Matt Breida, though? I do not think so. I just I don't have any faith in any of these guys. You know, I know Zach Moss was impressive in his short time on the field. Injuries kind of kind of derailed that a little bit. I just, I've not been that sold. Impressive. Well, I look, I'm with you. We know that there's some people who who love him. You sugar free, you are entered. Uh, I did get you with your Justin Fields comment. I assume that was Fields' comment, but uh, I got you entered already, though. Thank you. Uh, with, uh, I forgot what I was talking about now. Zach Moss. There are people, I mean, look, he got a lot of touchdowns. He looked good at times. You know, there are people who believe he's a top end wide running back. I don't. 
Uh, but that doesn't mean that they're wrong or that I'm right. So uh, Devin Singletary is a guy that I had a lot of high hopes on, and he is yet to make me look good. So I, you know, I don't. I'm just not sold on any of these guys. I think their best running back is, in, in all honesty, their quarterback as well. So I, I just don't. I think if if the three of these guys can find a way to be successful to be good for the Buffalo Bills team, fantasy wise, which we'll get to here in a little bit, I'm just I'm not sold on any of the three of them. Dennis, uh, that being said, what do you believe needs to be done to make the Bills a Super Bowl team? Well, I think they're they've you know they've got an elite quarterback, um, they've got an elite wide receiver, a reasonable running game. I mean, we saw last year with Tampa that you don't necessarily have to have a top end game. Uh, you, at least one area of the the offense can can be average at best, and you can still um, put up a trophy season. So they've got a good – I'm still high on Gabriel Davis, even though they brought in Emmanuel Sanders. Cole Beasley is racking up uh, short area targets. I think somebody sneaky that you mentioned uh, as a signing is Jacob Hollister. He's got uh, rapport with – Allen going back to college. He was Allen's college tight end. Hollister's not, uh, uh, you know, he's not known for his blocking uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but he's a good pass receiver and he's six foot five and 245 pounds. Uh, I, I think he gives them somebody with a little more athletic ability at the tight end than Dawson Knox. And so now I feel like they have the ability to go 12 personnel. Uh, with two capable tight ends. Um, and as as much as I think some people want to put a, put stock into the Emmanuel Sanders signing, um, I still feel that Gabriel Davis is on the rise. He's young. He's much more athletic. He, he's got good speed. He, he's just good speed, good size. I, I think that uh, Cole Beasley is going to lose some targets to Davis this year. Uh, I feel like it's Diggs, then Davis, and then Beasley and Sanders uh, battling for the wide wide receiver three spot. Yeah, I mean, Sanders just gives them nice depth. I think, shockingly, one of the, the areas that probably underperformed for them last year was that defense, and you've seen them – uh, working on that, uh, they spent their top two picks trying to get some pass rushers, some uh, more strength on that defensive line. Uh, they're a team that that looked across at Kansas City and looked across at what they weren't able to do in that AFC Championship game, and they're they're trying to address that. The AFC is going to be very competitive up at the top. Um, they need their offense to continue to produce at a high level. I think that's the reason maybe you go and pick up a Sanders so that you have some depth. I think I don't think it was a question of whether they liked the top three receivers they had coming back. It was trying to keep things going. They added some depth at running back. We'll see if that pans out. They need Josh Allen to keep playing at that kind of MVP level that he was at last year. I know he didn't win. Um, I th- I think I probably would have picked picked him based on on what we saw and what he was able to do for the Bills. And they need that defense to get better. Um, they they have a great chance right now with the the Patriots 
obviously have tried to rebuild a little bit, but I still think Buffalo and Miami's coming up, but I still think Buffalo's probably got the best overall team in the AFC East, so they need to take care of business in their own division, try to get a top seed, and then just battle your way through the playoffs. Yeah, I, I really don't think they're that far off. I mean, again, the, the AFC Championship game, I thought was a little bit more lopsided than the final score indicated. I think the Browns had given them a hell of a better game, but, you know, that is what it is. Fucking Chad Henney. Anyways, uh, let's uh, – the, the Bills uh, – really the running game, and I agree with Matt, the defense needs to improve just a little bit. But, I, I mean, golly, why can't I think of his name now? Head coach, Doug uh, McDermott. McDermott uh, is a very Sean, good – Sean McDermott. Not, yeah, Doug McDermott's an actor, isn't he? Uh, Sean yeah. McDermott, though, is a head coach in the NFL. Close enough. Dylan, Dylan McDermott same, is the actor. But different, you know, same, same, but different. I got you. But anyways, uh, Sean McDermott. culture credibility there, Brennan. I am. I am. You know, I haven't really got a chance to watch a lot of movies and everything now. It's a little, it's sad. College football is taking up a lot of my life. It makes me sad. Uh, I see more and more people jumping in. So again, just uh, comment in here. We will get you guys added to Scott Fishbowl. We will not do the 100 yard rush until the end of the show, though, as we want to get through the Bills and the Dolphins, just so everybody knows. But uh, what was I talking about? Now I've completely lost the defense. What do they need? I, I, I think I think that if if McDermott's a good enough defensive coordinator with some of the moves that they've made, the defense I think will improve a little bit. For me, really the big thing is the rushing game. They can't be just built solely on the passing game with Josh Allen. They need to bring in some kind of rushing attack. Hopefully, in adding Matt Breida. Devin Singletary and Zach Moss can step up. Those three together can produce a better running game than just what their quarterback was able to do. So fantasy finishes and fantasy projections. Is Josh Allen going to be a top five QB again this year? Last year, as Matt mentioned, he finishes as the number one quarterback in fantasy football. 4,544 passing yards, 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 421 rushing yards with eight touchdowns. Dennis. Top five quarterback lock in 2021? Man, you know, a lot of it's going to – so much of it depends on him being able to maintain that accuracy um, and not seed rushing touchdowns to Zach Moss. So – and I'm on record saying I think the accuracy comes down some, and I think Moss is going to have a better year than last year. Uh so, you know, the, the top quarterbacks, they're, they're pretty much all Konami code quarterbacks. You've got Allen, Murray, Rodgers, though he doesn't run like he used to. He's pretty mobile. Mahomes runs more in the Rodgers style. Uh, but Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, Lamar Jackson. So if all of those guys run like they do and – we see uh, Allen give up a couple touchdowns to Moss, maybe not be as accurate. I think it's it's within the range of possibly seven or at QB five to seven kind of range for him. So uh, if I have to bet, because I think there's more, I'd say it's a, probably a, 65-35 shot, he finishes as QB5. So I'm going to say no and, and take the 65, but not be the least bit surprised if he's QB4 or 5. I I think he certainly finishes as a top-five QB. In his three years, um, 
as quarterback, he's had eight rushing touchdowns, nine rushing touchdowns, eight rushing touchdowns, even if he comes to seven or six. And I do think Moss will be a little bit better. I think with the passing weapons that they have and the offense that they're running, I think he's going to stay up there. I I tend to be with Matt. I don't think he finishes his QB1 overall again, um, but I think he's going to be in the top five. Yeah, I, I would say outside of injury, there's almost no way he finishes top five for me. I, I just don't – I mean, the only two – I shouldn't say two. There's actually three guys I could see easily finishing over him, and that's Patrick Mahomes – Kyler Murray and Dak Prescott. I, I don't want to forget about Dak. He was the one that I was kind of overlooking there. But you so know, you mean, that I've, no way he doesn't finish top five for you. Yes, yeah, okay. you said no way he finishes top five. Oh my bad. Yeah, no way he doesn't finish top five. Yeah, I think those three have the best shots to finish ahead of him. Another guy that I think is right there close with him is Lamar Jackson, who I've been talking about. I'm back in on now this year. I was off uh, out, off of him last year. Back in now. We're back in on Lamar Jackson this year because the hate's going a little bit too far on him. I think he's got a shot to finish up there in the top five. You know, Justin Herbert, you know, the other, the other player is Deshaun Watson, but I don't think Watson plays this year. So I think that almost outside of injury locks Josh Allen into being a top five quarterback for the 2021 season. The backfield is a complete mess. Devin Singletary finishes RB31 last year, 156 carries. Is it though? Is it? it? Is. No, I mean, it's complete. I think McDermott's a smart guy. Whalen is a smart guy. Is that Whaley? Is that who their GM is? If I remember, Doug Whaley. Yes, I believe Whalen. I think. Is it Whalen? I think it's Whalen. No. So, I, you know, the the moves they made at the running back position make me feel like they think their running back position. Their GM is Brandon Bean. Brandon Bean. Uh, We we all suck. (laughs) So I I don't know that it's as big a mess as we think it is. I just think that it's a mess because we know, we, we know nobody's going to put up a a top 15, top 12 fantasy season. And so that's what makes it a mess for us. Yep. Still a mess. So Devin Singletary finished with uh, 38, wait, where was that? Uh, 156 carries, 687 yards and two touchdowns, 38 receptions, 269 yards. Zach Moss finishes his RB 46, 112 carries, 481 yards, four touchdowns, 14 receptions, 95 yards and a touchdown. And they added Matt Breida as well. Matt, who leads this backfield and can any of them finish as an RB two? So Moss only played 13 games. He missed three uh, last year um, I, and seemed a little banged up in some other ones. So I think that held him back. I think Moss ends up being, sadly, the leader in the backfield. Um, you know, Singletary played more games, was the only one in all 16, 16 starts, and actually finished worse than he did as in his rookie year, which was kind of a bummer. I think Moss ends up being the slight leader, and I don't think either of them finishes as an RB2. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, Moss is going to probably put up 700 yards. And, you know, I, I feel like he's got eight touchdowns in him. I, I just, I I think, I, I believe that Allen's touchdowns are going to drop from like eight to five. I, I just think he's going to run there. Yeah, he's six foot five and two hundred and forty pounds. But you, if you can avoid getting your quarterback hit unnecessarily, 
I think it's a prudent move to do so. And if you've got a 225-pound running back that can get the ball in the end zone when you get down down close, maybe you use him a little more. Um, Singletary is probably going to give up some carries because I do think Moss is going to be the more effective uh, runner of the ball. So if Moss goes up from 112 carries in 13 games to maybe 190, 195 carries, Singletary drops. I don't think he's going to drop a lot, but maybe he drops down to 140, 135. But his targets go up from 50 to 60 or 70. Uh, I, and, I, and the reason I say that is I, I feel – that because they the only significant move they made was adding Matt Breda, that they believe they've got a good running game. I don't know uh, that I believe it, but Buffalo believes it, and they've been on the rise. So let's let's believe what they're telling us with their actions. Uh, I don't think any any of them are going to break a thousand yards. Um, but it could be uh, it, it could be a surprising season. That being said, oh, uh, if if one of them is an RB two, it's most likely RB twenty four, and it's probably Moss. No, I am all out, all out on all three of them. You know, Moss is the one as Dennis was just mentioning. I could see finishing right at the back end of an RB2 based solely on him getting those touchdowns. But as much as I love Devin Singletary coming out and, and thought he could be the guy for Buffalo, he just hasn't shown it. Some of that I do think is due to injury. Some of that he's just not getting the carries because, man, maybe it's because he's not as good as I thought he was going to be. I, I Maybe I have to finally admit that. Uh, but Zach Moss and Matt Breida, they're likely going to be stealing carries away from him. So, no, I think – this is going to be a heavy pass touchdown thing. And, and I still think that Josh Allen is the best goal line back that they have. He's just, he's a very good runner. He's got very good instincts when they get down into that red zone area. I would not be surprised. Uh, maybe his, his touchdowns do come down a little bit like Dennis was mentioning. And even if those go to Zach Moss, I just, I don't see that jumping him up enough uh, to be that RB two. So I, I'm not sold on any of these guys finishing as an RB two in 2021. The wide receivers had a really good year, um, good years, I'm sorry, in Buffalo last year with Cole Beasley, Stephon Diggs, and even John Brown had his moments. Diggs finished as wide receiver three, 127 receptions, 1,535 yards, and eight touchdowns. A guy who, if I remember correctly, when we did our wide receiver ranking show last year, I completely left off the list. And then both Matt and Dennis had him. I think we all, once I added him on there, we it's all like had him. It's like wide receiver 27 low, or something. Yeah, yeah we, we had him as a, a low us, wide receiver. Stefan Diggs, let us take this moment to say we underappreciated your greatness. Well, it's funny, right? Because we talked about that. And then I, I remember talking about on the show that I still thought, like, that was a great landing spot for him. I was like, I think he could do yeah. great things for Josh Allen's game. And yet we, I was still like, but no, he's like wide receiver. Yeah, it was, it was bad. We severely underranked him last year but who saw buffalo throwing for five thousand yards i mean you know, they had been a run, running but. defense beat you 10 10 7 kind of team before last year it was it was, it was it was one of those ones that was just like it was a little bit embarrassing like that was a little bit was like wow that was that was uh that was really bad but he was great in 2020 dennis can he have an encore season in 2021 <sighs> 
Um, I, I, I think so. He's clearly the top dog there. He is uh, explosive. You know, we know that from Minnesota. Um, the question will be, is Allen going to be able to maintain that 69% completion percentage? You know, how much of that is chalked up to Cole Beasley in the short area and Stefan Diggs basically being able to catch everything? Um, I don't know. Maybe I feel like there will be some drop-off for Allen. He had 100 and uh, – what was it, 144 targets last year Diggs did. So I still I, I still think he had 166 targets. targets. Yeah, so he's gonna he's gonna be up there plus 150 for the targets. Um I I think that Beasley and Davis kind of even out a little bit uh, in their target distribution. So if he's getting 160 targets and he's healthy for all 17 games, uh, yeah, you're you're looking at a 1600 yard, 15, 1600 yard season uh, with eight touchdowns for Diggs. So yeah, he, he's he's uh, um, I don't know if I'd call it an encore based on his history in Minnesota and what he did here. I think that's just who Stephon Diggs is as a wide receiver. He's good. Yeah, I think he finished his top 10 again, has top five potential. Uh, I'm with Dennis, probably sees targets come back a little bit, but I, I think he's between 100 and 110 receptions, between 13 and 1,500 yards, maybe you know between seven and 10 touchdowns right about where he was, uh, which is going to lead him to have a pretty solid finish. Yeah, I, I, I see no way he drops out of the top 10. I, I would think he has a better shot of finishing top five. I was trying to find my wide receiver rankings, but I can't. There we go. Okay, I was looking on the wrong sheet. So just looking at the ones I have right now, I mean, yeah. I mean, Adams and Hopkins are really the only two I feel really comfortable. <laughs> and if you go from, uh, putting ahead from of them, Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. Um, you know, we I'm love not you, Devontae that, Adams. But you're still I'm really there. not that worried about Devontae Adams. I, maybe I'm over – I think I'm not remembering this correctly, but I could have swore even when they had Brett Hundley out there, Devontae Adams still was doing pretty good. I'd take Jordan Love over Brett Hundley. So here, here's the deal with that. If you're worried about Devontae Adams losing uh, Aaron Rodgers, you're admitting that you think Allen Robinson is better than Devontae Adams. No, because Allen there's a difference between being the clear show. wide receiver one and being a top 10 guy. Yeah, Allen I mean, Robinson with a real quarterback could be the wide oh, receiver yeah. one. Hey, well, well, well with a real quarterback, guy. he has a real quarterback in Justin Fields. Well, so in the past, I mean, yes, yeah, okay, you know, okay, where, he, where he's been in the you. past. It's no, the difference yeah. between Aaron Rodgers and Blake Bortles. Can, can Devontae Adams still be a top 10 I receiver? Mean, I didn't say I'd drop him out. I just said he probably comes off of being your clear cut number one. Yeah, I think I I I I'll go like half between you guys on that one. I think there is a there is a difference when you lose Aaron Rodgers to go to Jordan Love. Now it may not be I think you know it may not be Devontae Adams drops out of the top ten. Maybe he's not wide receiver one anymore, but I think he's I still think he's top five even with Jordan Love. But that's not who we're talking about. We're talking about Stephon Diggs, and I agree. I think I just don't see him falling out of the top five. I mean, maybe if Michael Thomas bounces back, but 
you know, Hopkins and Adams are really the only two. You know, Justin Jefferson had that phenomenal year last year, but does he jump up by Tyreek Hill? I always forget about Tyreek Hill for some reason. Tyree I, I have Diggs as my him. wide receiver, too, for Dynasty. Okay, I've got him as six right now. So uh, I'm really – who is I who DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson. I actually don't have DeAndre Hopkins ahead of him, but I probably should. So – those are the guys that I'm. So I, I'm with you guys. I don't. I no. I don't know if he finishes number three. I would keep him in my top five, though. Cole Beasley had a really good year last year. And if you listened to when Bob Lung was on the show with us last year, talking about the consistency, God, you may have bought into him like we did because uh, Bob told you that Cole Beasley was likely going to have a very good year. He's been very consistent over his past couple years in the NFL. He finishes wide receiver 27. 82 receptions, 967 yards, and four touchdowns. Gabriel Davis, the guy a lot of people were really high on as a rookie last year. Wide receiver, 56, 35 receptions, 599 yards, seven touchdowns. And then again, as we mentioned, they added Emmanuel Sanders. Wide receiver, 41 for the Saint, from the Saints, 61 receptions, 726 yards, and five touchdowns. Dennis, uh, how do you see it shaking out between these three, Beasley, Davis, and Sanders? Who do you think ends up having the better season? Uh, I'm I'm going with Davis. Uh, I like his ability. I like his size. I like um, his speed. I, I think Beasley will be fine. He is he's is what he is. He's he's, he's got a a dot of seven point eight last year. Uh, he's thirty one year old possession receiver. Uh, he's a heart guy, a glue guy. You know, every everybody he, he everybody tends to overlook him. Is he going to get 107 targets again this season? Maybe. I mean, I, I think once you get that that target volume, you're, you, there's always a chance you could again. But I I I, I believe he's going to give up some of that target share to Gabriel Davis. Davis just showed last year that, uh, you know, that, that he was ready for prime time. The game wasn't too big for him as a rookie. He came in, he played well. I mean, Davis started 11 games last year. I, I think that that sometimes goes under the radar. Um, so Beasley, he's going to come in and do what he does. I Is he going to get close to it? I, I feel like, you're looking at a, you know, 85 targets, 60, 65, maybe 70 receptions. If he gets 70, then it's maybe 90 targets. But I expect about a 10 to 15% drop off in targets for Beasley, about 65 to 70 receptions, and probably 850 yards. So it, it definitely going to have a flex-worthy season. Yeah, I think – Beasley comes back a little bit, but still ends up being the number two receiver for the Bills. Davis comes up a little bit. I think they're both probably in the wide receiver three, wide receiver four range. And then Emmanuel Sanders. Last year, John Brown was wide receiver 84. Um, he saw 52 targets, got 33 for four, 58 and three. I think Sanders maybe sees around 60 targets, gets 30, 35, 500. You know, I think he's kind of a depth and role player. He'll probably have one or two big games. I just did a best ball draft and I took him because I figure there's going to be one game where Emmanuel Sanders catches like three for 150 and two touchdowns, and that'll be the great scoring. Um, but barring injury, he's probably kind of just a role player and a depth player 
uh, in that scheme. I, I just think Beasley fits what they're doing and does something different than some of the other receivers, why he stays. I could see him coming back a little bit off of his finish last year, but I think he still ends up as the second best receiver in Buffalo. Yeah, I think it's Beasley too. If Davis ends up stepping into that John Brown role, you know, we saw Brown had those big games, but it wasn't as consistent as I think both Diggs and Beasley will be. You know, I, I think Beasley is going to be this thing. I expect Davis to take a little bit of a step up. I'm, I kind of don't think Emmanuel Sanders is going to do much of anything. I kind of agree with you there, Matt. I think he's going to have one, maybe two really big games, but I think it's really going to come down to Diggs, Davis, and Beasley. And I'd still lean a little bit on uh, Beasley order. there. Yeah, no, I'm going to go Beasley second. So nobody, Felix, I think, would have thought Josh Allen would be considered a top two or three. Especially Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen did not see that coming at all. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people didn't. Uh, Wentz was considered to be a top QB as well. Um, I don't think that will happen to Allen. Wentz, I think, is a little bit due to injuries and just bad bad play calling. I don't think that's going to happen. I like um, Dayball over there in Buffalo. And then – Brandon thinks the Bills will take the division again this year, and I am with you, Brandon. I, as much as I like the Dolphins, who we'll talk about here in just a minute, I, I don't think that they're going to unseat the Bills for the leader in the division. Dawson Knox, a favorite of this show. At least I know Matt and myself have, you know, we're hoping for quite a long time that Dawson Knox was going to be a thing. Tied in 37 last year, 24 receptions for 288 yards and three touchdowns. Matt, do you think Dawson Knox uh, is, is going to be worth starting this year in your fantasy lineups? No, Dennis is right. Then bringing in Josh Hollister was a real kick in the teeth if you were hoping for those Dawson Knox futures to come up. But they have four good receivers. They now have two tight ends. I think tight end three is about as best as you can hope for for Knox. <laughs> I am 100% in on uh, Dawson Knox being uh, nowhere. All right. He's going to be the blocking half of that tight end duo. I was a little excited. I thought you were going to buy into him. Yeah, no, I'm with you guys. As much as I'd love for him to take a step forward, bringing in Emmanuel Sanders there uh, does not help. And then Hollister as well. I think that's really kind of relegating. Knox to just being he's gonna have one game I think where you're gonna be like yes there it is Dawson Knox is coming alive and it's it's just not uh not going to happen Paul's got the Jets taking the east uh, that's a little bit of a bold call uh, the Zach Wilson believer I guess uh, I believe Paul subscribes to Felix Sharp's mind of thinking there so you know maybe he's all in on the Zach Wilson hype train not not quite all in on that I think Jets are gonna be last and we'll talk about them on Thursday so yeah not not in though on on the Jets all right so let's talk about the Miami Dolphins they had a really good season last year uh, Dennis has Dennis was in on them last year he he actually had I don't know if you might have even had the exact guess on them being 10 and 6 I know you had them yeah. almost making the playoffs last year so while me and Matt I believe didn't have I think Dennis had them in so. the playoffs at 10 and 6 which hey, is you know, irony they, they end up first out if you know if they would have stuck with Ryan Fitzpatrick, he probably would have been right because uh, he was definitely leading them down that path. But they finished ten and six in second place in the AFC East. Their key additions: they added Will Fuller at wide receiver, Jason McCourty at cornerback, the running back Malcolm Brown. They brought in Jacoby Brissett to back up Tua and uh, come in for certain games. I'm sure this year 
again, just like they were pulling Ryan Fitzpatrick. They lost Ryan Fitzpatrick, who obviously goes to Washington to be their starter. They cut Kyle Van Noy, linebacker, goes back to New England. Defensive end, David Gadoff? Gotcho. Gotcho. David Gotcho, uh, who goes to New England as well. Davenport, left tackle, who goes to the Colts. Their draft picks in the first round, they took Jalen Waddle, was someone that we talked about uh, being a good fit there for them with Tua. And they also took uh, Jalen Phillips, the defensive end, in the first round. In the second round, Javen Holland, the safety. Liam Eichberg, the offensive tackle, as well in the second round. And then Hunter Long, the tight end in the third round, who I was really intrigued with that pick because I do like Hunter Long quite a little bit. So for the Dolphins, Dennis, what do you see from Tua Tagovailoa this year in year two? Is this his team? Can he be the guy, or are we going to see them flip-flopping back and forth between him and Jacoby Brissett? Um, I don't think so. I I, I think that this is Tua's team. Uh, he has established himself as, I don't know, the, he, he's becoming such a glue guy. He does all the right things. He says all the right things. He was coming back from a devastating injury, and they went through an offseason that was very irregular. And so when you have somebody like Ryan Fitz, Fitzpatrick, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to I'm gonna go out on a limb here, hot take. Uh, Jacoby Brissett is no Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, Brissett is a solid guy. I think he has – uh, a little bit of, you know, some of his tools are kind of similar to Tua. It, you know, there, there was some difference in the game, I think, b- between Tua and Fitzpatrick. You know, one's a mad bomber. One is a little more of a technician. Uh, Tua has plenty of arm strength. He, he's got fair mobility. You know, he's not a statue in the pocket. Brissett is more mobile. I think Brissett has okay arm strength. But he doesn't necessarily pull the trigger if it's not wide open. Whereas Tua, I think, believes enough in his accuracy that he's willing to take those shots. I'm honestly looking back. It's a little confusing, the switching back and forth. uh, But it doesn't seem to have had a negative effect on Tua's psyche. You have to be extremely mentally strong and, and those types of things would really rattle, I think, just about any other rookie quarterback uh, to be in and out and in and out, being pulled in close games. Um, but it didn't seem to rattle Tua. And everything you've seen from him, he just is he, he is probably one of the mentally strongest quarterbacks I've seen come into the league in some time. You know, is that going to translate to wins? You know, we're going to find out this year. Uh, they ad, Adding Jalen Waddle, you know, there's some familiarity there, but it's still, you've got Parker, you've got uh, added Will Fuller. They've got, the, they've got some weapons to be really explosive. Uh, it, it, it's going to be, a, I think, a fun offense to watch this year. Well, first, I need to towel off from that hot take that uh, Jacoby Brissett's not as good as uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, I I do agree with you on that. 
it's interesting. I think for the reasons that you laid out, because Fitzpatrick was there and because uh, Tua was coming off that big injury, a lot of us didn't think he was really going to play last year. It seems surprising when they put him in. I know Ryan Fitzpatrick was a little bit hurt, a little bit surprised when that happened. And despite the kind of switching back and forth, they got him good experience. They were competitive. They were on the cusp of being in the playoffs. Two is the only of the rookie quarterbacks to finish with a winning record as a starter. He went six and three. Um, they let Fitzpatrick move on. I think it is his team. Brissett to me was a was a good signing to be a backup. You know, we saw the failed starting experiment with a pretty good squad in Indianapolis. Um, we, and we saw the Colts kind of go another way there. I think Jacoby Brissett is a, a good veteran, a decent spot star, not the kind of guy that they're going to bring in in a hot hand approach and rotate. I think it is to his team and I'm excited to see him take a little bit of a step up uh, and be the guy for them this year. He was, you know, I know, Matt, you felt differently, but Dennis and I had him as our highest quarterback in, in that draft class last year, and he maybe is a little bit behind the other two from what we saw last year, but I think he makes up some ground this year. Justin Herbert, baby, number one. QB one in my heart all day long. Yeah, I I hope that they stick with Tua, in all honesty. I, I, I've said from the beginning, I did not think he was a bad quarterback. I just liked Herbert a little bit more. Obviously, Joe Burrow uh, was phenomenal as well. I just think they, they've got to give him a shot. There's no way you can keep pulling him and say that you're evaluated him and like you know what he's going to be. There's just no way you've got to give him time. Uh, he made some very impressive throws last year. And the one thing I'll say, too, is we have to remember, there was a lot of talk at the beginning of the year. He was going to redshirt the entire year because of that gruesome hip injury he suffered his final year in college. And he ended up coming out and playing we don't even know if he was 100%. I know I saw some stuff on Twitter here recently that he finally does feel 100%, was throwing the ball a lot better. He was making some pretty impressive throws, again, against air, so take that for what it's worth. But I do think they should give him the year. I, I will agree with Dennis's hot take that Jacoby Brissett is not Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, and that I, I really do think they should give two of the whole year. And I do think it's his team, and it'll be interesting to see what he can do with this team. Because they were on the cusp of making the playoffs, even with bringing Tua in on the second half. So, Matt, what do you think they need to do to kind of get over that hump and make the playoffs again for the first time since they did with Ryan Tannehill back in, I don't know what year that was, but it was quite a bit ago. It was at least five, six like years ago. 10 or 11, probably. Maybe it was even further was, back than five before, or six years ago. Yeah. I, I think they need some, probably some good luck. Um, it's going to be a tight pack trying to get in there. I feel like Buffalo is probably the better team in the AFC East. You have two or three teams in the North, two or three teams in the West that are going to be competing. 2016. See, it was only a couple of years ago. I was, I was right. It was like five or six years ago. Five. Yeah. So yeah. you did good. Uh, New England obviously is trying to get a little bit better in their own division that they're going to be competing with. Some people will think the Jets will be better. We we shall see. Paul, um, Paul some people. Yeah. The only ones I probably am ruling out are the Jaguars, the Watsonless Texans, uh, and that might be it. Those are probably the only teams you can completely rule out at this point in time in the AFC. So they're going to need some good luck. They're going to need some good play. They're going to need things to break, uh, break their way. I, obviously, 10 and 6 last year and don't get in. Um, so winning 
double digit games in the AFC is no no guarantee that you make it in. Last year, I don't think it's going to be a guarantee this year. They probably need to get to 11 or 12 wins to secure themselves a spot. Yeah, it's uh it's competitive there. I I I like the Bills. Uh, they're probably the class of the division just based on Josh Allen's ability to um, pick the offense up and carry it to victory. I think he's the one quarterback in that division right now that, that can do that, that can put a team on his back. Uh, you know, I was lower on Wilson in that than a lot of people. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sold on him hundred percent. I think he's, he, he, he might be okay, but I don't think he's a savior kind of QB. There's a lot of stuff going on in New England at the quarterback position, and so that puts Miami as the team, I think, in the chase with, uh, with Buffalo. So can they make the playoffs? Uh, you know, adding another game, they're probably going to need to have 12 wins to make the playoffs. So – you know, I haven't went through the schedule. I, I mean, I, I went through it one time, but I don't. I'd have to go find that. It, it, it much like Matt having three one and sixteen teams. It was a, uh, uh, you know, a quick and dirty kind of uh, uh, schedule projection. So, uh, I don't remember what I had. I, I think I had the the Dolphins in, but uh, uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. So it's 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 going to be an interesting thing to watch. You know, much like Buffalo. Miami didn't really add a lot to their rushing game, so they clearly felt pretty good with the guys they have uh, in the backfield. So we'll see how it goes. You know, adding Will Fuller and Jalen Waddle to your passing core, though, that kind of tells me that there's going to be some. Uh, uh, I'm I'm Tua in Dynasty Sugar Free. Uh, I want uh, I want to see how that offense opens up when. Um, with those new weapons there. Yeah, I think that they have a shot. I did pick them. I, I pulled up my schedule thing again. Just take this for what it's worth. I had four teams finishing one and 16. So it was a very quick run through that. That was just kind of me guessing. It doesn't look great when you look at it, but I did have them making it in at 10 wins uh, as the last seed into the playoffs. Um, just behind the Broncos at 10 and seven as, as well. So, Tua, I think, is the biggest thing on if they'll be able to get over the hump. I like this defense. I think Brian Flores and I don't know the general manager. I'm not going to guess because we were we were way wrong on Chris Greer. Chris Greer, there he goes. We were we were way wrong. <laughs> Did you look it up? Yeah, in Miami. So I will. Uh, well, answer, I'll answer your question here in just a minute, sugar free. Uh, but I, I think Tua is going to be the main reason if they can get into the playoffs. That defense is good. I actually like Gaskin and Ahmed, who we'll get to here in a minute, and obviously adding Jalen Waddle to an already, I think, decent wide receiver core. You add a guy like Waddle into that as well, who gives them an even more explosive threat. I think this team is primed to win, especially with the Patriots possibly still being down for one more year. And I agree with you guys, the Jets. I like what the Jets are doing. I do actually like what they did with their draft and free agency. You know, I think Zach Wilson can be a good quarterback, but I don't expect them to take that jump this year into being contenders into the East. So I think the Dolphins are right there on the cusp. It will all come down to Tua on whether or not he will be the reason they make the playoffs or not. In Dynasty, would you rather take Wilson or Tua? Ooh, that's a tough one for me because I'm I had still taking Wilson. 
graded fairly closely. I th- well, I'm assuming this is Zach Wilson, not Russell Wilson. That's, oh, that's why is I it say, Russell Wilson or Zach. If it's Wilson, Russell yeah. Wilson, I'm taking Russell Wilson. That's not close for me. <laughs> I thought I it was Russell yeah. Wilson. Zach uh, Wilson. I, I'm assuming Zach as well. So yeah, but Zach I'm Wilson taking, I'm taking Tua. Tua. If it's close. Russell Wilson, I'm taking Russell Wilson. Yeah, it's close for me, but I'm taking. Uh, oh, Zach. it's Zach yeah, Wilson. Zach. Yeah. No, I Tua. figured it was yeah. Zach. I figured it was Zach. Man, see, you know what? I'm gonna go Zach. I'm going completely on the. I forgot here. Zach Wilson existed. <laughs> when Some I saw Wilson, that- I'm like, oh, Russ. <laughs> Some of that I think may just be because all these people making fun of him for the, him being this kind of like shy, kind of sheltered kid uh, with all the videos and everything people keep posting and making fun of him and his mom. Kind of all in on Zach Wilson now. I really hope he succeeds. And I mean, not a me, lick of that weighs into my consideration. I don't care no. if he, you know, no, is no, in I, bed by eight o'clock every night. That's not a game night. I like to as a better prospect. Yeah. I'm not saying that he's not a. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. But I think they're. I had them graded very closely. Again, I was lower on tour than a lot of other people. He, he's not a guy that I think is going to be a. We got it. You hate them both. We got it. And I hate both of them. No, I'm coming around on Zach Wilson. No, I agree. It doesn't factor into my analysis. I'm saying I want Zach Wilson to prove people wrong now because of that. I'm not saying. You just want to avoid that dolphin tattoo. On. I just oh, Justin <laughs> Herbert, but hey, look, Justin <laughs> Herbert's already made me look look amazing. I'm not even worried about getting that dolphin tattoo, Jeremy Barker. I've already got the lightning bolt lined up, my friend. It's it's coming. Justin Herbert's going to win the MVP. See, this like year. go from his belly button down. Is that where the that was lower back? Start? No, no, no. It's tramp stamping, baby. We're tramp stamping yeah. in here. So that's that's the bet. And all I need is Justin Herbert to win the MVP this year. Which you know what? He's in the odds, so it's going to happen, baby. Of course, watch what's going to happen is Justin Herbert's going to win MVP, and two is going to end up winning the Super Bowl this year, and it's going to be all right. So how are we going to how are we both going to get these uh, these tattoos made? But anyways. On to the fantasy finishes and fantasy projections. As both of you were just talking about how much you guys like Tua, do you guys believe with him getting likely the full start this year, being the guy, does he finish top 15? Last year, he finished his QB 32 with 1,814 yards, passing 11 touchdowns, five interceptions, 109 yards, and three touchdowns. So, Dennis, top 15 finish for Tua this year? Well, man, he's got the explosive wide receivers. So, you know, when you – he's got a, a pretty good possession guy in uh, uh, Parker. And so let's see, 290 attempts in six, 17 games. You know, he's probably looking at 550. Uh yeah, I can see, you know, 4,300 yards, 24 touchdowns. Uh, forget it. He actually rushed. What was his rushing yardage last season? It's on there. Uh, oh, well, 109 yards. Mm-hmm. He had 36 attempts even on that not fully recovered hip. So, uh, top 15. Ah, boy, that's a good number, man. That's a good number. Uh, I'm going to say yes. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give him 15 on the nose. I'm going to say no. Slight miss. I, I think he's more likely 16 to 18. I'm saying no as well. I have him right around 20, 21. I don't, I don't 
really see jump. Then again, I, I believe Fields is going to start more than probably some people do. So maybe he jumps a little bit higher than that. Um, I don't really remember who else I had above him. Uh, Daniel Jones may be a bad take there, but I, I'm all in on Daniel Jones and Mac Jones. So I guess realistically he could jump three spots. That's still not going to put him top 15 for me. That at best puts him around 18. So I'm going to say no on Tua as well, because I do think that they like to rely on their running game. Miles Gaskin and Salvan Ahmed were both very good last year. They did not add anybody in the draft like many thought they would. In fact, it looked like they were going to get Travis, uh, not Travis Etienne, Javante Williams, but then Denver jumped them to take Javante. So Gaskin does look like a big winner this offseason. Can him or Ahmed finish as an RB2, uh, especially Gaskin if he ends up playing all year? He finishes RB28 in just 10 games, 142 carries, 584 yards, three touchdowns. 41 receptions, 388 yards, two touchdowns. Salvon Ahmed, RB65, 75 carries on 319 yards, three touchdowns, 11 receptions for 61 yards. So, Matt, how do you see this backfield shaking out? I think Gaskin's the the lead guy, and I do think he finishes as a top uh, as a top 24 back. Uh, and then, you know, that I liked the combination of him with Ahmed, but they also brought in Malcolm Brown, who we've seen uh, as a contributor uh, with that Rams backfield, not a contributor in a way that fantasy players were excited about, but a contributor. And then they have uh, a, a lot of people's uh, draft lottery ticket, Jared Dokes, um, to kind of round out that group. I think some combination of those three will will help have an improved running game, but I think Gaskin's the lead guy and it's his receiving work that for me puts him especially in PBR up into RB2 territory yeah I think Gaskin's gonna be the guy in Miami while Ahmed sorry reading the comment anyways Gaskin in college rushed for or or caught I I think close to a hundred passes he was a four-year starter uh Interestingly enough, his successor was Ahmed. Uh, But anyways, Gaskin came into the NFL with a significant amount of tread on the tires. Uh, He'd he'd had a a lot of carries, caught a lot of passes in college. And I I think it took him a year or so to be able to um, get fully healthy again. And and so while I don't think he's going to have a real long tenure as the guy. I think for the next couple of years, Gaskin is going to be able to um, carry the load. You're looking at probably 200 carries, 210 carries, 75 targets with 50 to 60 catches for the next couple of years before at, you know, what is he? 5'9", 209, 5'10", 209, something like that. He's got okay size, but not great size. The challenge for Gaskin is going to be that I think Malcolm Brown and Jared Dokes are going to start to vulture him when they get inside the the five and the ten. Um, so making up for those losing those touchdowns in the passing game is going to be able to uh, put Gaskin up there in that top twenty four range. Uh, I like Gaskin. I liked him coming out of college and was actually kind of bummed that he w- didn't get a shot sooner. But when you look at the amount of usage he had in college and, and what his size is, it kind of makes sense for him to have maybe taken a little bit of time to get up to speed. 
Yeah, I, I I was all in on Gaskin last year. I was I talked a lot about with Matt during the season, a lot of people who got mad at a trade that I made in one of my dynasty leagues because they felt like he wasn't going to do anything, and, and he ended up having a really good season. I'm all in on him. I think Salvan Ahmed's going to be really good. You know, Dokes I do see as, as a guy that everybody is kind of propping up to be the guy because he does bring a little bit of a different skill set to the Miami Dolphins' backfield than uh, – than Gaskin and my goodness, uh, Ahmed do, but I, I'm not sure that he's going to be anywhere near a top scoring guy. I do think Gaskin does finish as an RB two because of what he can do in the receiving game and rushing yard. So Forrest Law, I'm glad that you finished commenting on that because I didn't understand at all where you were going with the first comment. Uh, you know, I do agree with you that they did have, obviously, as you mentioned, they were last in yards of separation. Will Fuller and Waddle are going to do that. I will also say that I think that is also what hinders Tua a little bit is that I, I do think he's a little bit, I want to say too careful with the ball, but he usually is not going to try and zip it into those tight windows like you see some of the better quarterbacks do, and you're not always going to have Fuller and Water create that separation. So that's where my hesitance on, on ranking Tua that high comes from. I would say that, yes, he is good at improvising, I would not put him in the same category as Russell Wilson, though. That I would uh, disagree with. But uh, I, I, you could be very right. I mean, Matt and Dennis have, have always been higher on Tua than I have been. I just I'm, I don't see it. I, I I think he's a very good quarterback, but I don't think he is an elite quarterback. And I think you have to be an elite quarterback or in a very high-powered offense to finish as a top-end quarterback and – he is, in my opinion, neither of those. He's not in a high-scoring offense, nor is he an elite quarterback. So that that is why I have him ranked as low as I do. And if I, I – look, I will tell you, I've been very wrong before. So, hell, if he finishes as a top-10 quarterback, you are more than welcome to jump in here at the end of the year and tell me I'm wrong because it's going to happen a lot. I've been wrong quite a, lot, quite a lot. So, anyways, wide receivers. Devontae Parker finishes wide receiver 40 last year, 63 receptions, 793 yards and four touchdowns. Will Fuller, who comes over from Houston, who will be gone for is it at least one game. Is that correct? It's just the one yeah. game. Yeah, okay. he's I, I, suspended for week he, one. So he'll, he'll be suspended for week one due to the, the PED stuff last year, but he finished his wide receiver 32 last year for Houston. 53 receptions, 879 yards, and eight touchdowns. They did, as we were just talking about, add in Jalen Waddle, who I think is going to be the most explosive wide receiver on the team. Likely will get Preston Williams back, Dennis's guy um, from injury as well. So I'm going to kick it off to you, Dennis. Which receiver leads the pack for the Dolphins this year? Well, I think it's going to be a pretty balanced attack because you've got guys that do different things. Uh, I think Waddle is going to get some of the short area stuff as well as some deep stuff um, because he is explosive. I think the, the question for me is going to be, can Waddle step into the Will Fuller role uh, when Fuller inevitably gets injured since he's uh, going to try to stay off the PEDs this year. Um, if, if Waddle can step into that role and create the kind of separation that Fuller does, that then you have, you know, because I, I feel like Waddle's going to be the short area guy to start out with some deep stuff. Fuller and Parker on the outside with Parker um, being the big possession guy. He's got some ability to get downfield, but he doesn't have – He's not nearly as dynamic as Waddle or Fuller. Um, 
But if Fuller goes out, I think Waddle slides out to that position, and then Lynn Bowden hops into the slot there and, and becomes that short area guy. And he's shown that he can be uh, effective in that role. Um, they still got, uh, I think, Jakeem Grant. Uh, yes, you know, they still have as, a million people. As as much as I, I'm, I'm trying to stay in on Preston Williams, the injuries are pushing him down uh, the target totem. And and so he is, uh, you know, he's big. He's, what, 6'3", 6'4", 218, 220-pounder uh, with okay speed. But he's been injured each of the last two years. He's got to put it all together. He's got to become a uh, – he's got to be a better catcher. He's had some inconsistent hands. So right now I feel like uh, Preston Williams is like the wide receiver – four wide receiver five guy it's a pretty clear starting group of parker fuller and waddle and that's an explosive group and, and you know i like waddle to to be uh productive in year one who's gonna lead them man i i i feel like there's gonna be a rookie wall for waddle fuller's gonna miss time um you know, well, he does have a rap for missing time for injuries when he's actually not quite as injury prone, I think, as we like to to make it out to be. Um, I, I think they're going to be led by Devontae Parker. I think Parker is going to be the consistent guy. He's going to be the mid-range target. He's going to be the big body guy that uh, converts first downs, converts tough plays. Um, when they need something explosive, it's Fuller or Waddle. When they need, when they're just consistently moving the change and whatnot, uh, it, it's going to be Parker. So I think Parker is what he is. He is consistent. He's been. Uh, he really has stepped up the last few years. He'll be fine for me. I think Waddle ends up being their leading um, receiver. The real wild card is Fuller. We saw him have incredible chemistry with Deshaun Watson. Um, when they were on the field together, it was pretty electric. Does that translate over? We've seen in the past to free agent wide receivers, it takes a little while to acclimate. I don't think Tua and Deshaun Watson are the same type of quarterback or the same type of thrower. Um, and Fuller obviously is going to be suspended for week one. We don't know. His his struggle prior to last year was always staying healthy and on the field. And last year, it's like, oh, man, he's healthy. He's available. He's going great. Gets a PED suspension. So what is that going to be like? Fuller is going to be motivated because he's on a one-year deal. It, you know, If he wants to get a good, solid deal next offseason, he's going to have to to show out on the field. I just think it's going to be Waddle as their, their number one uh, receiver guy. I was with you. I liked Preston Williams. Um, we've seen, we saw flashes as a rookie. We saw a couple of moments last year. He doesn't seem to be able to stay on the field. And now with the Dolphins investing heavily in getting two bigger receivers, one big free agent, one first round pick, I think he slides down. And sadly, his dynasty value has slid down with him. I agree on the Preston Williams thing, but if he ends up going to another team, I'd, I'd like to see what he can do. Cause again, he, I mean, in the game that he got hurt, he was having a huge game for the dolphins. I think if he could just stay healthy uh, though, I agree. I think he's kind of buried right now in the dolphins depth chart. Uh, I'm actually leaning with Matt on this one. 
I think it's going to end up being Waddle because I think he ends up in the slot. And I think that's going to help out Tua, what he can do after the catch. And if he ends up getting wind up against some linebackers at times, just with them moving around on formations, he's going to eat in that offense. You know, Parker, maybe it's just hard for me to believe in him, but he's only been consistent for like a year and a half. Because last year, while he was good at times, he still struggled a little bit. And Will Fuller, uh, you know, Dennis, you mentioned it. He was healthy all last year, but a lot of people have been contributing that to the fact that he had taken the PED. So if he's not taking those anymore... Does he stay healthy? So I think there's a realistic shot that Waddle has only suffered the one serious injury in college. We saw him come back in the national championship game and try and play some probably shouldn't have been on the field because you could tell he was still injured. But I expect him to be fully healthy coming into camp and everything. If he is their best shot to stay healthy their full season and what he can do in the screen game, running game, and if he's in the slot, I think Waddle is going to end up being their best wide receiver this year. At tight end, Mike Gusecki finishes tight end seven with 53 receptions, 703 yards, and six touchdowns. Uh, do we think that, tie, uh, that tight end uh, Mike Gusecki can finish as a top 10 tight end again this year? They did bring in Adam Shaheen, and they have Hunter Long as well. We are not Dolphin fans for us law. We are just talking about the Buffalo Bills and the Dolphins today. Um, I will go first and say that I do think that he will finish as a top 10 tight end this year. But I actually think Hunter Long is the better tight end, and I think the reason they brought him in is because they likely will not pick up Gusecki's option in a couple years and let him go to free agency. That being said, I do think that that Gusecki has a chance to finish the top 10 tight end. As we referenced when we talked about uh, some of the guys earlier in the episode uh, with the Buffalo Bills, tight end 6 through 20, as Dennis loves to say, is it is very much jumbled together. And Gasecki, I think, has a lot of upside with with his athleticism and his touchdown. So I think he will finish as a top 10 tight end. And Fantasy Nav here has the Bills taking the East. So unfortunately, guys, I'm going to cut it there because I now have to get the 100-yard rush ready. So you got your comments in right at the last second there, my friend. So I will start getting everybody added in here. Um, I honestly don't know Gasecki's ADP. Forest Law, but I will have see if Matt or Dennis can find that really quick and answer that question. I will be back in just a minute as I'm going to get the 100-yard rush ready for the Scott Fish Bowl 11 draw here in just a second. Yeah, for Gusecki, it's a situation where he's a great athlete playing tight end, and I, you know we're waiting for him to put it together. I agree with Matt. Yeah. ADP is uh, tight end 13. Um, I do like that ADP because I think he's He's better than – I think he would be a top 12 tight end for me. Yeah, he, he's 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 getting opportunity. I don't think we have to worry about um, Durham Smythe or Adam Sheehan cutting into his uh, targets. Uh, and I think as, as much as third-round draft capital for Hunter Long, uh, we, we need to remember that tight ends typically take some time to develop. That being said, maybe this is the year that Gusecki puts it all together and he develops. Uh, it's This is, what, his third year? Maybe his fourth? I think it's his fourth year. Right. Yeah. And and so, like Matt, I don't expect them to pick up his fifth-year option. Um, so he'll be on the market next year, and they can make the decision whether or not they're, they're going to resign him. Getting – you know, but uh, he was a second round pick. This is oh, okay. his fourth year. So this would be know, his contract year. Right. Uh, you know, maybe he, he does put in, if he can put up 
a 70 reception season, then I, I, I suppose I would see them going to uh, making the effort to keep him. They've got a pretty deep wide receiver core. And so I don't know how many targets, you know, I, I, I feel like Tua is always going to be kind of middle of the road when it comes to passing attempts. I, I don't see him being, you know, a 600 attempt, 630 attempt guy like some of these others. Again, I'm thinking about those in 16 game season parameters um, because that's still where my, my head is at. Um, uh, he's the second round pick, so they don't need to worry about a fifth year option for us. The, uh, and the other tight ends are, are kind of jagged, so it's going to come down to uh, Hunter, it's SpotTrack, S-P-O-T-R-A-C.com. And it's it's going to come down to Gusecki developing consistency. And if he's consistent this year, then they end up, I think, making an effort to re-sign him um, at a value. Though I'm not sure, you know, what that value is. He doesn't feel like a guy who's going to make the ascension into, you know, Darren Waller, TJ Hawkinson territory for me. He feels more like he's always going to be one of those guys, maybe not tight end six to tight end 20, but, you know, tight end eight to tight end 14. So if you narrow that range down a little bit. Um, Yeah, I think you and I are on the, the same page. So, between Tua and Fitzpatrick last year, they threw it 559 times, adding in an extra game. I, I think between 550 and 600 pass attempts seems likely. Gasecki had a good year. He's a solid value at the position. I tend to see him finishing between tight end 8 and 12. Could he be top 10? Yes. I also wouldn't be surprised if he was just outside. I think he's still in that tight end 1 range. But the difference here, the Dolphins have probably better receivers, and I think we expect better production out of the wide receivers. Because last year, Parker was still fine. Preston Williams only played half a year, and beyond that, it was a little bit of a a toss-up who was going to be out there at receiver. And I expect better production out of uh, their running backs. You know, We talked about Gaskin maybe staying on there. So that eats into targets a little bit. I think Gusecki's still going to be solid. I'm not worried about Hunter Long clipping him this year. Adam Shaheen was there last year. That seemed to some to take some of his goal line shots away, which could just uh, diminish his scoring. But I think it's more they have better wide receiving core this year. Um, but he still, to me, is going to be in the tight end one territory. I don't think he's a lock for top ten. All right, so that will do it for us today on that. We will be back on Thursday to talk about the Jets and Patriots, so that should be a super fun episode. So let's go ahead and get Your favorite the, team, the Patriots? Uh, yeah, I do like Mac Jones. Let's see here. Uh, 100-yard rush. There we go. So I assume everybody can see that. I'm, I left it on this page because I wanted you guys to make sure that you see I don't do anything like uh, – anything like weird or try and give anybody uh, any kind of special advantages. So that's all the names on there that commented YouTube, Facebook, our, our, and Twitter. Our, I think Paul and Paul Cochran might be the same guy. 
Uh, no, there's Paul on YouTube and then Paul Co Paul Cochran did comment multiple times, but it's two different people. There's a Paul on YouTube and then Paul Cochran commented on Facebook and on Twitter. Twitter. Right. Well, so, I just know Paul Cochran is a 49ers fan. Oh, is that a 49ers thing on? Well, well, oh, well, you know, well, okay. So if, if regular Paul wins, then we'll rerun it because my bad. I did not know. I did not notice that part. I thought it was the Superman logo, not the, not the 49ers. So, but there was only that. So we'll just leave it at that. If this Paul wins, we'll just go with Grant. If, we'll you, just if you're still it. listening, uh, Paul Cochran, if you could clarify that, that'd be great. Yeah, I'll leave it as Paul, but if that is the same Paul, then yeah, we'll just rerun it if they end up winning it. But So then we'll go with this. I'm going to randomize it 10 times here so everybody can see that. So shuffle 10 times. We'll go forward with the next thing. So you guys can see, not giving anybody any kind of luck adjustments or anything like that. Uh, uh, yeah, good, good, good. We will go with faster so that it gets run ready. And then, so did he clarify? I don't know if he's still watching. I haven't seen the comment yet. All right. So if he ends up winning it, we'll just probably, it's probably the same one. So we'll just rerun it. So, all right. Good luck to everybody here as this kicks off. We'll see who ends up getting a shot in or a spot in the Scott Fish Bowl 11. He was more than gracious to give us one. I swear if Felix wins it, I'm going to be pissed. I'm not even alive. He's going to end up. Nope. nope. Ah, Sugar-free mocha. All right, which I actually, I believe, is I just saw that you ended up following me on Twitter, so I appreciate that. Jamie Honduras. So congratulations to Sugar Free Mocha. I will uh, have uh, Dennis reach out to you on Twitter as he was the one who set that up uh, with Scott Fishbowl so he can get your information and get that over to Scott Fish. Congratulations on getting into Scott Fishbowl 11. Should be a should be a very fun one. I was uh, it was a lot of fun last year. I think they he's keeping the same scoring. Is that correct? Does anybody know? I want to say I believe so. Yes. And adding kickers though. Yeah, so that it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's always a lot of fun. You'll get to be in there with a lot of industry people, a lot of other fans. It's just it's a great time. I was lucky enough to be in it last year. Um, and it was it was a, a very fun league, very fun thing to be a part of. So congratulations to you. And again, thank you very much to Scott Fish, Ryan McDowell for setting this up and for Scott Fish for giving us a spot to give away. Absolutely, man. Thank you for for tuning in and commenting. Like I said, Dennis will uh reach out to Dennis actually on Twitter, probably easier that way at culture underscore coach. Uh, sugar free mocha to uh get say he'll get everything squared away with you and get all that information over to scott fish so again thank you everybody for tuning in um you know i feel weird saying this i don't mean it in a negative way but please if you are off today enjoy your day off even though obviously as a memorial day it is uh, something to look back on thank all of the soldiers and their families uh from everything that they have been through and thank you for your service to so everybody in my family that has served uh, specifically my dad, who I know was watching earlier. Thank you very much for your service to our country. And Matt and myself will be back again on Thursday to talk about the Jets and the Patriots. Until then, everybody have a great day, and we'll see you guys again soon. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Only tackle in the corner. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can.